my name is Jermaine. I'm the associate pastor here and uh, excited to be able to share God's word with you this morning. Um, I'm, I'm really just going to hop right into it, really. Pastor Eddie started a, a series last week about, about God in the beginning. And it was a really great message. And I, I would encourage us all to go back and, and listen to it to, to really understand, like, what it means to, to have a God who was there in the beginning. And he unpacked it really well for us, Genesis 1 and 1. So today he has tasked me with talking about not God in the beginning, but God in the present. Amen to that. Amen. Um, so we're going to um, hop right into a passage here in, in Joshua chapter 1, verses uh, 5 through 9. Let's go ahead and stand as is our our custom and tradition here in reverence of God's word, and we're going to read it together. It says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your presence here today. God, we thank you that you did not leave us as orphans, but you have left us with your Holy Spirit as a good deposit. And so we thank you, God, for, for you and your faithfulness in our life. We thank you, God, for your spirit that lives in us. We thank you for your spirit that speaks to us, that helps us and transforms us. God, and I pray today that we as a people uh, would come to a greater revelation today of what it means to have a present God with us. God, I thank you that you are here. Help us to see it in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I am with you. I'm going to say that again. I am with you. Those are really four powerful words, right? I am with you. Like if I were to tell you that I am with you, that, that means something. Like if, you know, if I, if I just... I look at Pastor Corey over here, and Pastor Corey tells me that he is with me. I know what I am going to get when he tells me that he is with me, that he is for me, that he is going to fight with me, that he may pack some things in his bag and come with me, that he will go with me into the streets and he will be with me. Is that right, Pastor Corey? He is with me. And I love it. Those are really four powerful words. I am with you. What was interesting, interesting about that is, you know, Pastor Corey can change. So if he were to tell me that he is with me, 
but then one day I cut him off in traffic or I say something that he doesn't like, then the next day he may not be with me. And so what's awesome about this passage is when God says that he is with you, this is what I'm picturing Joshua is, is hearing when God says that I am with you. It's not that, that God is with him. It is that the, the same God is with him. See, Joshua, what I learned in my study of Joshua is that by most accounts, Joshua was uh, born in slavery in Egypt. Joshua was the firstborn of his family. He would have been one of the firstborn that, were, that was saved that Passover night in Egypt. He would have seen God perform miracles after miracles through the plagues that set his people free. Joshua would have been one that walked through the Red Sea. Can you imagine seeing the walls of water on both sides and walking through on dry land and then coming through on the other side and, and then seeing your, your enemy being swallowed up by the water? Joshua would have seen that and he would have, he would have walked with God in the wilderness. He would have seen God perform miracles and manna from heaven. He would have seen God kind of split the rock and water comes out. He would have seen God usher the people. It, it says in Scripture that Joshua was an assistant of Moses, that he was with Moses when Moses went up to uh, the mountain to get the commandments, that Joshua was there. He was familiar with the presence of God. This is Joshua. It says that Joshua was, was whenever Moses would be in the tent and be face-to-face meeting with God, Joshua would be this, this, uh, this young assistant that would sit outside the tent. But then as soon as Moses would leave the tent, it says that, that Joshua would stay, and he would stay in the presence of God. He was familiar with the presence of God. Even in the midst of them in the wilderness, even in the midst of the the people being disobedient to God, this was Joshua, familiar with the presence of God. Joshua was one of the the 12 spies that, that went out to spy the land, to see what was there, and he was one of only two people that came back, him and Caleb, that says, we can actually take the land. The other 10 said, the giants are really big in the land. We cannot go and take them. And this is what led to them spending 40 years in the wilderness. But even in the wilderness, Joshua was still there, learning from God, listening to God, in the presence of God. And what am I really trying to say here, family, this morning? Is that even though he was in the wilderness, at every turn, through 40 years, the, the same God that he was, that was telling him in the moment that he was going to be with him, he knew who this God was. This was the same God for him that was now telling him to go, but it was the same God that had been present with him in the wilderness, Why is this important? I think it's really important to understand, for us to really fully understand what it means to have a present God with us right now. We need to, number one, go back and remember a present God who was with us in the past. Even in our wilderness, 
Even when we are wandering, even when we are running away from God, God was still there. God is still with us in every single situation. I remember when I was, uh, I was uh, a few years ago, I was trying to work through some things emotionally. And so I was getting some, some counseling, which I would recommend we all do sometimes, right? It's a lot of amens on that. <laughs> but I remember... Um, as I was working through some things that I was feeling emotionally, some, some things that I felt like it was a blockage to me, feeling and understanding my own emotions, God took me back to a moment when I was, was eight years old. And it was, it was a night that my, my father had passed away. And I remember that night so vividly because as I was in my bed, I have a twin brother, he was in his bed, and I have a sister who was in her room, and I think I had another family member in the house, but my mom was in her room and I could hear her crying. I could hear her sobbing. And so in that moment, my anxiety kind of went high and I was um, just in my nature. I was trying to figure out how do I fix this issue? I'm eight years old. I don't know what I'm doing, but all I know is my mom is crying. I can't deal with it. No one else is doing anything. I'm trying to control my situation here because I'm anxious and I'm feeling a little lost and so I get up from the bed, and I, I go into my mom's room, and I lay beside her, and I put my arm on, on around her, and I tell her, you know, Mom, I love you, and everything's going to be okay. And you know what, Mom? I'm not going to cry. I'm going to be strong for you. I'm going to be the man of the house now. So I remember that moment very vividly. But I do remember, as God was reminding me of that moment, that in that moment I made, I made some vows uh, that I wasn't going to cry, that I wasn't going to be strong. Even though I was eight years old, I didn't know what I was saying, didn't know what I was doing, but God took me back to that moment. And as I was working through these things emotionally, through some spiritual counseling at this moment, went back to this, this place, to this moment. And I remember my counselor saying, Jermaine, let's walk back through this moment. And I remember the question that he asked me. He says, Jermaine, do you, do you see Jesus there? Think about it. I'm trying to control this environment, and I'm really thinking that God is not there. I'm actually trying to be God in the moment. Jermaine, do you, do you see Jesus there? And I remember it so vividly because I, I saw Jesus there in the moment. And, my, and I started crying, and it was just it was nasty, just an ugly cry, you know, one of those things. And uh, I hadn't cried like that for years because for years I had been blocked up, but I saw Jesus there. And it was a great reminder to me that even in that moment when I didn't know that Jesus was there, that Jesus was there in my situation. What a moment for me as a kid to know that Jesus was there and through moment after moment of my, my life, even when I was pushing God away, running from him, I can look back and think back and know that Jesus was there when I was eight years old. He was there when I was running from him. He was there when he saved me. He was there in every situation, even when I didn't want him to be. Listen, I only exist and stand here before you because a very real God has been very present in my life to bring me here to this point, even in my wilderness. And I, I think I'm just here today to just kind of remind some of us of God's faithfulness in our life. And just as Joshua's story did not start with 
Joshua in the promised land, Joshua's story began in slavery. Joshua's story with God began in the wilderness. It continued in the wandering. And such is the same with your story. God being with you in the present moments of your life doesn't start when you say yes to him. And even in those places and those moments, we can, we can see God, and he's right in the middle of it, a very and ever-present God, right in the middle of every situation of your life. And I'm just saying to really understand what we're talking about, God in the present. We have to have a revelation of God who was present in our past. And to understand that if we have a God who has never left us and who will never leave us nor forsake us, we have to understand that God has never left us nor forsook us. What a reminder. What a reminder that it's the same God, family. The same God. And if that same God who was there in the past, who helped you in the past, who was faithful in the past, who freed you in the past, if that same God who was there in your present past is now here, will he not do the same thing? Will he not do the same thing? God's present in your wilderness. What was awesome about this, this is that, you know, God's plan for the Israelites here in this is that he, he wasn't just kind of okay with them being in the wilderness. If we over, the overarching story of, of Joshua was that God wanted to take them from the wilderness into the promise. And he says in Joshua 1 and 2, he says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm giving them to the people of Israel. The time for them was their present now to go from the wilderness to the place of promise. And the old generation had completely died off, including Moses. And all that was left was Joshua and Caleb. And they had been waiting 40 years for God to do something. 40 years. Can you imagine waiting 40 years? 40 years. How many of you know that waiting is terrible? (laughs) I despise waiting, right? I can barely wait for my popcorn to be popped in the microwave. I can, I can barely wait for my thing that I order that I probably didn't need to order to come prime in one day. And let me tell you, let prime be one day late. <laughs> it is unreasonable that I would have to wait two days for something I didn't need in the first place. I hate Waiting, right? Waiting is hard. But can you imagine being Joshua in this moment? Waiting 40 years for a generation of people to to die off so that they can step into the place that God has promised them. 40 years of praying and wandering and wondering and just kind of waiting for God. Probably checking pulses of, you know, old cousins just trying to see (laughs) are they still alive? Someone's waiting for Cousin Jojo to get out of here so we can go into the promise. I don't think that was what was happening, but that's just kind of how I picture what's happening. But here it is. God, God was with them. 
After all, this was, this was God's plan. God's plan in the wilderness was to deal with disobedience, was to deal with their distrust, was to deal with their disrespect and their disloyalty. But his plan was never to leave them in the wilderness. His plan was always for them to enter into the place of promise. And that is the same God that was with them in the wandering in the wilderness. It's the same God that was saying, I'm going to go with you now to bring you into this present moment. He says, now it's time to possess this promise, not alone, but with him. And there's so many takeaways that I get from this moment, so many pictures for us uh, and meanings as a Christian, that God's desire is the same for us as it was for the Israelites, to, for us to go from the wilderness, for us to step into now into a place of promise, from us to come outside the kingdom of, of God to coming inside the kingdom of God with a seat at the table right next to Jesus, for us to come into a place of rest, for us to come into a place of life, for us to come into a place of blessing where we can be a blessing to others. This is what God wants to do for us. But God didn't use Moses to lead his people into the promised land. He used a man named Joshua. Joshua, whose name means God is deliverance. God who delivers. God who saves. It's the, it's the Hebrew name that the name Jesus derives its origin. And I, and I hope that you are, are getting this, that just as God used a man named Joshua, God who saves, God who delivers, God himself steps down, Emmanuel, God with us into humanity, into the form of a man named Jesus with the same meaning to save and deliver us. Man, I was hoping to get more amens on that one. And he came to do just as his name suggested, to save and deliver us. Scripture says he came to seek and save the lost. He said he came, to, he came to set the captives free, that he came and gave up his life so that those that would believe in him would have eternal life, that we would know the Father and that we would know him whom the Father sent, which is Jesus. And just like Joshua, Jesus is now saying, I want to take you from wandering in the wilderness into prospering in the promise. And this is the beauty of the gospel here to gay family, that we were lost in our own wilderness that we were lost in sin, that we were lost and blind, that we were meandering our own way, trying to figure our own things, but we were walking our way straight into the depths of hell. But God steps in and makes us alive through Jesus Christ. This is the beauty of the gospel, that he doesn't leave us where we are, and he wants to take us with him into the promised land. I love this about our God. And here's another quick, quick thought that I got from this passage as they per- pursued and pressed into what God had promised. And I'll be quick about this one is that Moses had to die before they could go into the promised land. What Moses represents is a lot of things and a lot of great things. Moses is an amazing uh, figure in the Bible, one of the great ones, but he represents the, the old, Right? He, re- he represents what they had, they had really placed their future and, the, and their spiritual weight on Moses. Their, their hopes and their dreams, all of their success kind of hinged on this, this one man. And as great as Moses was, God had already determined 
that Moses was not going to go into the promised land. Moses died at 120 years old. Listen, I am convinced that if Moses was 160 years old, God would have waited another 40 years because God was saying this in this moment, that I am really patient and I'm really willing and I'm really kind to leave you in the wilderness for as long as it takes to kill off or let the thing die off that I've already determined will not go with you into the place that I'm taking you. And whatever person, whatever whatever purpose, whatever problem or habit or addiction or idol, God is saying this thing cannot go with you to the place that I am trying to take you. And so we have to determine today whatever that thing is, whatever that thing is that we've been holding on to, that God is saying, I need that thing to die off. I need to kill that thing in you. We need to determine how valuable that thing is to us. Is it more valuable to us than the place and the promises of God? That's a question that we have to answer. And why? Why do we have to kind of deal with these things? Is because, I mean, here's the deal. God has, God has in this passage, he has called them to possess the land to move forward, to leave the wilderness, to take the next steps with them. The next season, the next place, the promised land. All of us have next steps, next places, next things that God wants to do. And it's a place where God has designed for it to be a place of rest and a place of blessing and a place of life. I mean, flowing with milk and honey and and steak and burgers and and fries and donuts. I don't eat those things. So maybe an impossible, juicy, impossible burger with with veggies. That's what's going to be flowing from the trees. Amen to that, those who are with me. But this place is, this place is also, this is new ground. And what was interesting about the place that God was going to take him was that this Although God said it was your land, the land was preoccupied. (laughs) There were people in the land. They were going to have to take the land. They were going to have to possess the land. They were going to have to fight for the land. And the things that I I get from this is, is this, and I'll try to be brief and quick about it, but possessing is a process. It's been one thing for God just to Say, here's the land, go, you're good. That's not what happens. There's people in the land, so they got to deal with some stuff. It's a process. It's a process. John 16, tells us like this, that in the world, in this process, you will have trouble. James tells us we will be tested. We will have trials. Ephesians tells us in chapter 6 that we will be in a battle. Jesus tells us that we will have to die to self, that in Romans it says that we will have to renew our minds and be transformed. Listen, we live in a broken world. We, we have an enemy that's against our souls. And then the simple fact is that we live in a broken world with an enemy, with other humans who live in a broken world with an enemy, right? 
And the simple fact is that for me and you to grow and mature and to succeed and to step into the next phase of life, the next season of life, we are going to have to overcome some obstacles. We are going to have to pass some tests. We are going to have to fight some battles. Now, but here is the good news that God's promise to them is the same promise to us is that we will possess the land and that we will enter into the land. He has made that promise to Joshua. But he made that promise to Abraham and to Moses, and he uh, reiterates the same promise in the prophets, and he talks about it a little bit more in, in Hebrews. You can read through it, but God has made a promise in God's word, and his promises never come back null and void, that his promises are always yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And look, he has declared victory over the enemy through his death and resurrection. That's 1 Corinthians 15. And he has declared that he has overcome the world. That's again, John 16, These are really good news things that I'm saying here this morning. And here is the better news. That his promise is that he will never leave us nor forsake us. That he will be with us. It's echoed over and over and over again in scripture. Just read through the Psalms. You can, you can catch it. You can read through the prophets. You can catch it. Jesus says it in Matthew 28 that, lo, behold, I will, I will be with you always. And then he leaves us his Holy Spirit and it lives inside of us and it overflows in us as he baptizes us in his Holy Spirit and clothes us with power. And he, Holy Spirit intercedes for us and prays for us, it says in Romans 8. And he fights for us. Man, he is, he is with us. He is with you. Gosh, he is with you. Look, and if he's with you, then he is for you. And if he is for you, then who can be against you? That's good news. And listen to Psalm 23. It says it like this. Even though I walk through the, the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you, God, you are with me. Listen, no matter what you are facing, listen, God's plan may not, may not be to remove you from the situation. But God's plan definitely is to take you through it. He means to take you through it. And not just take you through it. He means to see you through it. And he wants to bring you through it himself. This is God with us. So that why? So that you will be lacking nothing that you would be mature, that you would be complete. That's what it says in James. He is with you in the process. Now, I've said a lot. So, like, what is our part to play? What's our requirement? Like, listen, if God is, God is in the present and God is with me and God is doing all of these things for me, like, what in the world am I supposed to do now? What are you requiring of me, God? And what ultimately God tells Joshua is not to really do anything. He commanded him to be. Joshua, Josh, my guy, be strong. Be courageous. Now, I mean, but he, so he, but he did tell him to do one thing which is really important. And he tells them, get into the Bible. <laughs> get in the word. It says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. 
Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Man, you want to talk about God with us? I was going to bring my Bible up, but I have my big parallel Bible that's like this big, so I couldn't carry it. Um, but I was going to shake it at you. I'm like, get in your Bible. Um, but I didn't have it with me today. Uh, so you can pick your own Bibles up and you can shake it in the air. But this is it, man. This is, this is his word. This is God's words. John 1 says that he is the word. And you want to be with God want God to be with you, there's nothing better than the Bible. The Bible is it. Everything you need for life is here in the Bible. It says that the the, the life and health for your bones is written in his word, that Hebrews 4 says that it's living and active. Like this is the word of God. Man, if you want to hear from God, if you want to be with God, Get into your Bible. Meditate on it day and night. That word meditate is, is the picture is kind of gross, but it's if you've seen an animal that, that chews food and then kind of partly swallows and then regurgitates the food back up, but then continues to chew. It's, pretty, it's a pretty gross picture. I'm sorry that I'm painting it for you here today. Hopefully you can still eat lunch after service. Yeah, it's going to be vegetables. That's, that's it. Uh, they'll, they'll come up for sure. Uh, but that's... But that's a picture of what it means to meditate, to take this word, to chew on it, swallow it, deal with it, bring it back up, chew on it, swallow it, deal with it, bring it back up. Like this is what it means day and night, meditate on the word of God. And not just to learn the book, but to learn the person of the book. But beyond all the the doing, the one command that's echoed over and over and over again to Joshua in this passage, and you can read a little bit more in Deuteronomy, that he is telling them to be this one command to be. Be strong. Be courageous. Don't be afraid, Joshua. Don't be dismayed. Be strong. Be courageous. And I can see it because a natural tendency in a moment when you're trying to fill the role of your mentor, it's a big role to lead a nation. I could, I could get the sense that, you know, Joshua... If I were Joshua, I would start to kind of dress a little differently. I would begin to talk with a deeper voice so that people understood me, right? I began to walk with a little more swagger, although I'm pretty swaggy in my walk. But I would, I would walk with a little swagger. I would begin to maybe work out a little bit more. I would begin to start, start doing things, maybe start reading a bunch of leadership books, trying to figure things out. I mean, this is what I would be doing. I could see Joshua trying to say, you know what? I'm going to be leading these people. What am I going to do? And God is like, Joshua, I don't need you to do anything. I just need you to be strong, be courageous. Don't act strong. Don't be insecure. Don't worry. No need to pick up weights, Joshua. No need to learn more new things. Just, Joshua, do the things that you have already been doing. We've already talked about that Joshua was a man that understood the presence of God. This is what got Joshua to the place that God said, I can trust you with this. And if this is what got you here, Joshua, this is what's going to keep you here, Joshua. Don't do anything, Joshua. Just be strong and be courageous in the Lord. And this is the story of Joshua 
over and over and over again, God is, God is saying, be strong, be courageous, be strong, and be courageous. What is he saying? He's saying it like Ephesians 6 and 10. It says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord. Find your hope in the Lord. Find your strength in the Lord, Joshua. Find your faith in the Lord. Find, find your, your freedom in the Lord. Find your wisdom in the Lord. Find your peace in the Lord, Joshua. Find your healing in the Lord, Joshua. Find your freedom in the Lord, Joshua. Don't quit practicing the presence, Joshua. Don't quit trusting in the Lord, Joshua. Don't quit praying, Joshua. Don't quit seeking the Lord, Joshua. Joshua, don't quit. Be strong. Be courageous. Because I am with you. Everything you need is found with him. I had a picture of my boys I was going to put up on the screen as we look to come to a close. Uh, But it was low quality. So John Patton told me it wouldn't work. (laughs) That's right. Can we boo? No, don't boo. Don't boo. Don't boo John Patton. John is awesome. (laughs) But this picture, man, this picture was of, of, of me and, and uh, my boys. And again, I've, I've, you guys, I've told you the story many, many, many times of, of, of growing up uh, with, without a father. And that does a, a lot of different things. But, you know, I've worked, worked through that over the past 30 years or so. But um, God has blessed me with two boys. And I've always wrestled with, man, God I don't know how to do this. I always feel like I'm, I'm breaking them. You know, <laughs> like they do something and I'm, and I'm always looking back and saying, what did I do wrong that they are acting so crazy, right? Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm wrestling with, with this every day. I've been asking God, how do I raise these boys? Really genius, smart, handsome, awesome boys. I love them to death. I really do. But it's a little bit of my, my insecurity and my, my anxiety, things I have to bring to the Lord. And I remember uh, in a moment, we had a, a, a prayer and worship night at our prophetic gathering in Chantilly. And, and my boys were with me because they didn't have childcare, which is crazy. <laughs> um, and it's not. So, but what happened in the moment was I felt God say, get on your knees and pray. I got on my knees and I prayed. And I started praying. And I began to ask God for perspective. God, give me some perspective. God, help me in this moment. I need to see you, God. I got on my knees. I would get on my knees now, but I don't think I'd be able to get back up. Um, <laughs> but I, I got on my knees and I was, I was praying, God, God, give me perspective. God, be, are you with me? Are you with me, God? And as I was praying, I... I was holding hands with one of my boys and, and, they, and he let go because so I was just sitting there and I was praying on my knees and the song ended and as I opened my eyes and I got up I turned to my right and I found both of my boys my nine year old and my six year old on their knees beside me praying and worshiping God what a moment for me man it opened my eyes man it was it was amazing, and I felt like I, I heard God say, listen, Jermaine, you, I know you can read a lot of books about parenting. You can get a lot of wisdom about parenting. There's a lot of things that you can do. But let me tell you, I am with your boys. 
I am with you. And all you need to do, Jermaine, is do what you have already been doing and just pray and worship and get in my word and be with me. And I will take care of your boys and your boys will have a relationship with me and they will know me. Just continue just to be strong, Jermaine. Be courageous, Jermaine. So family, our, our strategies are awesome. Our strategies may possibly work, but I know someone whose plans will always work. And that is our God. It is, God is amazing. There is nothing that is impossible with God, with God, with God. Family, will you lean in today to a ever-present, very present God? He is with you. He has always been with you. Hear it. He is with you. He has always been with you. He's always been faithful. He's for you. Our God, he's here. He's here to help you. He's here to free you. He's here to help you in the process. He's here to help you kind of possess and walk into the promises that he has for you. He's here. Why is he here? Because he's always been here. (laughs) Be strong. Be courageous. Because God is with you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Uh, We thank you, God. Thank you, Lord you are with us. Open our eyes today to the reality of a very present God in the middle of our situations and our circumstances and our life and the very minute details. You are an omniscient and omnipresent and omnipotent God. You're not just there just to be there. You're there to comfort, to help us, to heal us, to free us, to deliver us, to change us and transform us, to be more like Christ. If there's anyone here today that has come to an understanding that God is with you, that God is for you, and that God wants you to be with him, that God wants you to know him, that's you today and you you want to say I want to surrender to this God who has known me all my life who's been faithful to me all my life I want to give my life to him I want to know him personally if that's you in this place can you with everyone else's eyes are closed and heads are bowed here so you can just lift your hand in this moment and once that hand is up you can put it down is there anyone else See that hand. Once that hand is up, you can put it down. Listen, family, the presence of the Lord is here. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is, there is freedom in this place. Is there, there anyone else that wants to walk in what God has for them today? We thank you. I see that hand. You can put it down once it's up. We thank you, God. 
We are celebrating like the angels in heaven right now for your salvific work in our life, for your grace that opens our eyes to see who you are. God, we thank you for your grace and for your mercy. And if you raise your hand today, we, will you pray this prayer? God, thank you for your, for your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins and got up from the grave on the third day. I believe in what he did. I confess today that Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart and what he did for me on the cross. I repent for my lifestyle of living in complete disobedience to you, God. But today I thank you that I get to know you. I want to know you. God, we thank you for your salvation. Thank you, God, that you're with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.